0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان احسن الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وَإِنَّ شَرَّ الْأُمُورِ مُحْتَثَاتُهَا وَكُلَّ مُحْتَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٌ وَكُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٌ وَكُلَّ ضَلَالَةٍ فِي النَّارِ. Our topic today, insha'Allah ta'ala from the Tahawi's Creed, is a great and mighty topic, and it is related to seeing Allah Azza wa in the hereafter, رؤية الله, and this is from the Great affairs of belief alongside, for example, the names and attributes of Allah Azzawajal, the Asma, and likewise uh, alongside the issue of Al Qadar, for example, and the issue of Al Iman, for example, this is one of the greatly discussed topics in the books of the Creed of the righteous Salaf. And the reason for that is, as will become clear inshallah, ta'ala, is that seeing Allah, seeing Allah is from the greatest goals and the greatest of affairs that a believer aspires for, that a believer that a believer desires. And as we shall see, it is from the greatest of pleasures in the hereafter. So, in touching upon this belief, in summarizing this belief, Imam Al-Tahawi, rahimahullah taala, he says, "Walru'yatu haqun, walru'yatu haqun, that the vision is true, meaning the vision is true and real. li haqun li'ahlil Jannah bi'ghairi haata, wala kafiyat." So, seeing al which means seeing Allah, is true for the people of paradise. It is for the people of paradise. And then he makes a number of qualifications. It is without encompassment. It is without encompassment. Meaning that when the people of paradise see Allah, they will not be able to encompass Him in vision. Wala And no, with a no, with a how, without knowing how exactly that is going to be. So we we deny knowledge of how specifically that is going to be. Kama naqtaqa bihi kitabu rabbina. And then he goes on to mention the evidence. He says, just as the book of our Lord has spoken of this. He mentions an ayah, even though there are numerous ayat in the Quran which establish this belief, as we shall see. But from the most, the, the most famous one is that which he quotes from Surat Surat Al-Qiyamah: uh, wujuhun um, yawma idhīn nāẓira, ilā Rabbihā faces on that day, faces on that day will be illum, uh, will be nadira, meaning that they will be pleased or illuminated. Bright, radiant, looking at their Lord, looking at their Lord. What the tafsiruhu alama aradhuhu Allahu taala wa and its explanation is in accordance with what Allah desires by this and what He knows about this. وَكُلُّ مَا جَاءَ فِي ذَلِكَ مِنْ مِنَ الْحَدِيثِ السَّحِيحِ أَنَّ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ عَنِ الرَّسُولِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ فَهُوَ كَمَا قَالَ uh, and everything which has come regarding this from the authentic hadith from the Messenger وسلم, then it is exactly as he said. عَلَى مَا أَرَادُ And its meaning is whatever he intended by it. We don't start delving into this and making uh, explanations with our opinions. وَلَا And no start having presumptions with our imaginations, our desires. فَإِنَّهُ مَا فِي دِينِهِ إِلَّا مَنْ اللَّهَ لِلَّهِ وَلِرَسُولِهِ. And no one remains safe in his religion except the one who submits to Allah and to meaning submits his knowledge uh, uh, to to Allah and to that which is known by the messenger, his messenger, Sallallahu And the one who returns that which is confusing to him, he submits it and returns it back to the one who actually knows it. So, this passage, as you can see, mentions the Ru'ya, seeing Allah, that it is true and real for the people of paradise. It has a number of qualifications that we will not encompass Allah in that vision, nor do we know exactly how it is. And it is something that the Book of Allah has clearly spoken of. And it is something that is authentic in the ahadith of the Messenger of Allah, wasallam. And we take from that knowledge what, what is clear, what is apparent, and anything which is confusing, unclear, then we do not speak about that. We leave it to Allah, and we don't start bringing our opinions, our interpretations, our desires in trying to explain you know, this, this great and mighty, mighty topic. So we'll start with the, this text by looking at some points which are made by uh, Sheikh Saleh al-Kawzan on this issue. And it's a nice uh, summary of the whole affair. So the Sheikh begins by saying that al as we explained, it is the believers seeing their Lord, subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the hereafter. And they will see Him, and they will see Him with the vision of the eyes. With the vision of the eyes And they will see him just like we have no difficulty when we see For example when we look and we see the moon We are able to see the moon uh, With the vision of the eyes On a you know clear night when the moon is full And just like we are able to see the sun Without having any difficulty in seeing the sun Then In the same way The messenger of Allah has informed us In numerous ahadith which are mutawatir which are narrated by so many companions that they reach the level of large-scale successive transmission. But it cannot be denied that in a similar way that this vision that we will see Allah without having any difficulty. And this is established by way of the Qur'an as we've seen, by way of the Sunnah as we uh, shall see from some of the texts, and also by consensus of the people of the Sunnah and the Jama'a. And no one rejected this Except some groups, some deviant groups from the people of innovation, and we shall mention, mention them inshallah in a short while. So, the believers, when they enter paradise, they will see their Lord, as Allah Zawjil said in the ayah, faces on that day will be bright, illuminated, and they will be looking towards their Lord. So, the word النظرة, uh, النظرة, which is from النظرة, and this means. That they will be radiant and they will be good, uh, al-hasan, al-hasan, uh, al-baha, meaning that it will be radiant and good. And we see in Surah al-Mutaaffifin, ta'rifu fi wujuhi, wujuhu, wujuhhim, nizra, Naim. that you will see on their faces this, this, uh, uh, you know, radiance and happiness and things of that nature. And as for Navira Navira this means Al muayana This means to see with the vision of the eyes. Now it's important to understand this because there are some people who are ignorant of the Arabic language and they have deviation and they try to bring faulty interpretations by you know on account of this word. And so the word the meaning of navira is al-mu'ayana, which is to actually see. With the vision of the eyes. And there are other ayat in the Quran which clearly indicate that this is what is meant. For example, in Surah Al-Ghashiyah, Allah Zawajal, He says, أَفَلَا يَنظُرُونَ إِلَى الْإِبِلِ كَيْفَ خُلِقَتْ Do they not see, do they not look? أَفَلَا يَنظُرُونَ إِلَى Do they not look towards the camel? How it has been created. Wa السَّمَاءُ sama and look towards the sky, how it has been raised. So we see that in, in this passage Allah is using the word Afalam uh, an with the particle إِلَى with the particle ilah. And whenever this is used whenever this is used with the word إِلَى this only ever has the meaning to look with the vision of the eyes. Right? This is very, very clear and very, very apparent. And so all of this, the purpose behind looking, that when we look at the camel and how it's been created, and the sky and how it has been raised, and the mountain and how it has been fixed, and the earth, how it has been uh, you know, spread out, that we look towards these things and we... We, we realize the, 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 the might and the power of Allah wa So in a similar way in this ayah Allah جل, he says so this is clear explicit proof that navira means the looking the vision the seeing of the eyes now this word anabar also comes with, or comes in two other ways in the Qur'an. Two other ways in the Qur'an. One of those ways is when it is used without an object. Without an object. Right? So in the previous examples, we said, ila ila that we are looking towards something else. The word can also be used without, you know, without a, a particle. And without anything, you know, any other like, ilah and things of that nature. When it appears, and when it is mentioned in this way, then it takes on a different meaning. This meaning now, in this case, is, uh, it means, al intizar al intizar which means to wait. Means to halt at the waqf, wal intizar which means to, to halt and to wait, to stop and to wait. And so, a proof for that is in the statement of Allah regarding the hypocrites. The hypocrites will say, The day on which the hypocrites, the men and women, they will say to those who believe, "Unzuruna, unzuruna, min nurikum." They will say. Wait for us, stop, wait for us, so that we can take from some of your light, right? Because the light people will need light to be directed when there's darkness and they will need light to be directed over the bridge. And so when the hypocrites have no light, they will say to the believers, stop, Unzuruna. Unzuruna. they did not say, unzuroo ilayna, didn't say, didn't say look at us. Because there's no particle here, they just said unduruna, which means "wait for us, stop, wait for us," so that we can take from your light. So the hypocrites will remain in darkness, and they will request the believers to wait for them, so that they can take from 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 you know from from their light. Likewise, in Surah Al-Baqarah, verse two hundred and ten, "Hal yandoruna? hal yandoruna? Illa an yaati which again with the same meaning: Are they waiting except that Allah should come to them? Hal yanzuruna illa illa is is an exception. Hal yanzuruna illa an yaati Allah. Are they waiting except that Allah should come to them? Again, yanzuruna, meaning waiting, waiting for Allah to come and to um, begin the accounting. Of, of everybody. So this is another way in which this word can appear in the Qur'an. A third way in which it appears in the Qur'an is with the particle Fee. And when it is used in this sense, then it means to reflect. at-tafakkur, To reflect and to consider. An example of that is the statement of Allah in Surah Al-A'raaf, Surah 7, verse 185, أَوَلَمْ يَنظُرُوا فِي مَلَكُوتِ Do they not look with a meaning, reflect? أَوَلَمْ يَنظُرُوا فِي مَلَكُوتِ Do they not look and think and reflect about the dominion of the heavens and the earth. Look at everything in the heavens and the earth. And then reflect and think about it. As a person reflects about these creations, and they derive from that the great power and the might of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that he is the one who is worthy of worship. So from that now you can see clearly, that in the Qur'an, this word is used in three different ways. And, this is how the people of knowledge, how the Sahaba, how they understand this issue. And as we mentioned, there are people, the people of deviation, the people of misguidance, and one of, their, one, of, one of their qualities which is common to all of the people who deviate and become misguided, is that they go to those verses which are ambiguous, and they will seek ambiguities when the clear explicit verses are, are present. Right? So, why do you go to the verses which, which, which say, for example, you know, Undhuruna naqtabis min Like the hypocrites say, wait for us. Why do you go to the verses that say, Awalam yanzuru fi malakuti samawat wal The verses which speak about reflection. Why do you go to these verses and then say, no, no, it doesn't mean that we will see Allah. It means that we will be there waiting and we'll be reflecting and thinking. Right? So you've gone to these dubious verses which are related to something else and you've left the clear explicit verse and that's leaving aside the mutawatir ahadith. So many ahadith narrated by so many companions. You've left all of that and then you've gone to that which is ambiguous. Right? This is the way of the people of desires in general. They seek that which is ambiguous from the ayat of the Qur'an. And so anyway the point being that this is one evidence there are actually other evidences as well in the Quran which establish that the believers will see their Lord. From them is the statement of Allah عز و جل husna ahsanu al-husna wa This is Surah Yunus Surah, uh, is the 10th Surah verse number 26 So Here, there are two things mentioned. Those who believe, they will have Al-Husna, and they will have Ziyadah. They will have that which is good, and they will have something in addition. So in the Sunnah, the Messenger of Allah explained that Al-Husna is paradise. Those who do righteousness, they will have paradise. And Ziyadah is to see the face of Allah, to look towards the face of Allah And this hadith, this explanation, this hadith is found in Sahih Muslim. A similar verse in Surah Qaf, the 50th Surah, verse number 35, is the statement of Allah: That they, meaning the people who enter paradise, they will have whatever they wish therein. And there is something additional with us. And there's something additional: this is again explained with as or as being looking towards the face of allah azza wa also in surah al mutaffifin kalla innahum 'an rabbihim l'amahjuboon, speaking about the disbelievers that no on that day they will be veiled from their lord they will be veiled from their lord so if this is in relation to the disbelievers who will be veiled and unable to see their lord then the opposite must hold true, that the believers will see their Lord. And this is because in this life, the believers cannot see their Lord, but they believed in Him. They trusted in the Messenger. And they believed in the Qur'an without seeing. So on the Day of Judgment, it is a reward and justice for them that they will see their Lord. And as for the disbelievers, it is justice and a recompense for them that they be veiled from their Lord because they did not believe in Him in the life of this world. So this is another proof that the scholars use uh, to establish the vision, al-ru'ya, and seeing Allah azzawajal. So all of this, as you can see, that this is from the Qur'an, establishes the proof from the Qur'an for seeing Allah. And as for the ahadith, there are, the ahadith in this regard are very, very many. And so from them is the famous mutawatir hadith from the messenger of Allah sallallahu he said rabbakum al indeed you shall you shall see your lord on the day of judgement just like you see the moon on a clear on the full moon on a clear night and as you see the sun the sun when there is a clear sky when there is no um when there is no clouds Just like you are able, you will be able to see Allah in a manner that you see uh, that you see without competing, without when you like when you are in a crowd and you're trying to see something, then it will not be like that. You will not be, you know, competing with each other to see something. You will not be able to you will not be doing that. This is the hadith. And so the shaykh explains, he says that every person. Will, will see Allah, you will not need to compete with each, with, with each other uh, in order to see, to see Allah Azawajal. Uh, unlike when people, for example, when they are in a place and they are gathered together and there's something in the distance and so they need to compete and, and push each other and try to, you know, they will not be doing that. It will be unlike that. They will all see Allah without having to do that. And so, uh, this is hadith, uh, this hadith is mutawatir, Reported by so many companions, and on the basis of the Quran and the Sunnah, there is the ijma. There's the consensus of the people, of the people of of the Sunnah and the Jama'ah Now, this is rejected by the people of innovation, the people of bid'ah, the people of misguidance, and you, you might ask yourself the question: Why would why would someone reject this matter of belief? Why would someone comment? It's so clear. It's so apparent. The verses are apparent, the hadith are apparent. Why would someone do this? And the reason why people did this goes back to you know, a number of different factors. Um, uh, first of all, most importantly, and the biggest factor is that people are affected by ideas which come from outside of Islam. right? Philosophies, ideas, concepts. they come into contact with Jews, with Christians. With Sabaeans, with the, you know, the, the, the star worshippers They come in contact with These different civilizations And they interact and they speak with them And they take ideas from them right? Greek, the Greek philosophy And they take these ideas Secondly, is that they, they never took knowledge From the people of knowledge They never took knowledge from those Who took knowledge from the tabi'een Who took knowledge from the sahaba Who took knowledge from the messenger of Allah So therefore they are ignorant Of the book of Allah They are ignorant of the ayat, the verses in the Quran and their explanation. So this is jahl. Second thing is jahl. Third reason is hawa, desire. There there is some inward desire for mischief. Because many zanadiqa, many um, heretics, disbelievers, hypocrites, they entered the ranks of the Muslims and they wanted to disfigure the religion. So they desire to bring foreign poison to merge it with Islam and to enter these poisons within the Muslim nation. So these are just some of the factors uh, that we can think of as to why why should someone deviate from, from something that is so apparent and so clear. And these are historically the reasons why the you know people opposed uh, these clearly established beliefs. So on account of that, there were some people like the Jahmiya and the Mu'tazila, And they basically said, we cannot see you know this this cannot be true and real because if we look towards allah it means that allah must be in a direction it must be in a direction and if allah is in a direction just like we see things in a direction like i see you know the chair over there and i see the light over there and i see the pillar in front of me if allah is seen in a direction it means that what i'm looking at it must be in a place and if something is in a place, it's occupying a place. It's occupying some space. If it's occupying some space, it must be a body. It must, be, it must have a volume. It must be occupying a volume of air, of space. And if it's occupying a volume of air and space, it must be a body. A body. So this means now you have therefore said Allah is a body. Right, where has this come from where has this reasoning? where has it come from has it come from any book that Allah revealed has it come from any messenger that Allah sent has it come from any companion has it come from Abu Bakr has it come from Umar Uthman Ali has it come from the experts of the Quran Ibn Abbas who has it come from did it come from the salaf did it come from you know, those who followed in the footsteps of the sahaba or the imams after them no so when you look and you start investigating and you know you, so you don't find it in the Quran you don't find it in the Sunnah you don't find it in the Sahaba then you think well okay where did this come from then? did it come from the Jews? did it come from the Christians? did it come from anyone who was given a former book? and then you start going and then eventually you find actually it comes from the book of an idol worshipping polytheist, pagan, mushrik, kafir by the name of Aristotle and his books, you know, to do with physics, and to do with, you know, uh, things, bodies, objects, you know, that's where it comes from. Right? So these people, uh, mixed with other nations, who were affected by the Greeks, like the Jews, Christians, and they were affected by these ideas, and then they brought these ideas into Islam. Like Jahan bin Safwan, Jaad bin Dirham, this is where it came from. Right? So these people, this is how they argued that, We can't see Allah because of this reason. Therefore, the verses in the Quran, therefore must have some other interpretation. And this is why we said earlier, these people, they then went and they tried to bring, you know, the the faulty interpretations of the Quran. So then they were followed by another group, uh, by the name of of the Ash'aris, and they had a similar line of reasoning, except that they just played word games. Because they they couldn't deny the fact that in the Quran and the Sunnah This is so clear and so apparent That the believers will see their Lord on the Day of Judgment So then they started to play word games So they said Well actually yes we believe That the believers will see Allah on the Day of Judgment But not in a direction Right So really they are saying the same thing They are saying the same thing really but just to cover themselves, they are saying, yes, we will see Allah, but not in a direction. So in reality, this is essentially, it's the same thing, but they're just playing word games. They want to say the same thing as the Jahmiyyah and the Mu'tazila, But they don't want it to appear as such. So therefore they say, not in a direction. To agree with the Jahmiya, and then they say, yes, we believe Allah, it is possible for him to be seen. So anyway, the point being, that these people, they denied that we will see Allah Azza wa on Yawmul Qiyamah. And uh, this is the essence of what we can say from uh, Shaykh Salih al-Fawzan. And to continue uh, with Shaykh Salih al-Shaykh. So the Shaykh mentions about this belief, about seeing Allah on Yawmul Qiyamah, that this is from the great and mighty affairs. Seeing Allah... Is one of those things by which the people of paradise will have pleasure. They will actually feel pleasure. It will be a great and tremendous type of pleasure. And this is because Allah as you know, He is, uh, He has, He is, uh, has Jamal. He has utmost beauty. And when you look at that which is beauty, you you take pleasure from that, and you are pleased with that. And also by the fact that a person, he receives honor by being able to see Allah Azza wa And so, also another way that the scholars explain this as well is, that we can often see the attributes of Allah in the creation around us. In the sense that when you look and you see every form and type of beauty, every form and type of beauty that you see in the life of this world, then that actually emanates, it, 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 it is a, a manifestation of the beauty of Allah Azza wa In the sense that Allah is the source and the originator and the creator of that beauty and so it follows that he therefore will be the most he will be have jamal he is al-jamil he is has jamal he is the most beautiful in the same way every manifestation of mercy of rahmah, when you see mercy in this creation you see a mother whether an animal you know an animal is it shows mercy to its child a parent shows mercy a mother shows mercy to its to its child every type of mercy or a a merciful man shows mercy to, 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 to the one who wronged him or harmed him. Every type of mercy that you see is a manifestation. You know, It, it, it is a manifestation, it, 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 it emanates and derives from the mercy of Allah Azza wa Jalla. So, just like when we see these things, when we see beauty in the life of this world, we see uh, mercy in the life of this world, and we are affected by that, and these attributes, you know, these things they represent the attributes of Allah. When we see Allah on Yawmul Qiyamah, then how then can we not feel feel the delight and the pleasure and experience have an experience of that, right? So this this shows that seeing Allah on Yawmul Qiyamah is not just not just seeing and that's it. It is actually a form. Of pleasure, it is a. It, it will be the greatest pleasure. It will come after you enter paradise, after the believers enter paradise, right? So this is how it should be understood, and that's why Ibn Al Qayyim, rahimahullah, explaining this, this what we've explained to you just now, he says, wa al al He is the one who is al Jamil, the the, the the beautiful. In reality, How can it not be? وَجَمَالُ سَائِرِ هَذِهِ الْأَكْوَانِ مِنْ بَعْدِ آثَارِ الْجَمِيلِ How can it not be when the beauty that we see in all of creation is from some of the effects and the traces of al-jamil himself? And so that the Lord of all of these things that we see is more worthy for the people who know that he should be beautiful so this is the you know this is the significance of this uh, of this belief and in reality to see allah is the goal of every every single every single person now the sheikh then goes on to mention some of the the, the you know the same evidences that we mentioned earlier on the, the same ayat in the quran and we don't, don't need to repeat that really Uh, And we'll move on to the same issues about how we understand those verses. And we'll come to looking at uh, some other issues that relate to this. So first first of them is that a believer, this is his greatest thing which he aspires for. Whenever he worships Allah in the life of this world, obviously you feel pleasure when you worship Allah you perform the prayer prayer gives you calmness gives you ease gives you pleasure and all the other acts of worship you recite the quran the quran gives you pleasure and you do all the, other, the the other acts of obedience you know you fast and you feel at the end of the fasting you feel pleasure from the fasting you feel joy you give charity you feel joy from the fasting all these things give you give you pleasure in the same way Seeing Allah on Yawm qiyamah it will be from the greatest and most tremendous of pleasures. Along the lines that we've already, already explained. So this is one point. Second point is that the Shaykh brings a whole load of evidences from the Quran. Uh, we've already covered many of them, so we don't need to repeat that again. The third point is an issue now, a technical issue, which is, who exactly will see Allah on Yawm Al-Qiyamah? Is it only the believers? Will the disbelievers see Allah? Will the hypocrites see Allah? So this now is an issue. And this is an issue that has been discussed uh, you know, by the people of knowledge on the basis of these texts. And also because as we've already explained, to see Allah will give you pleasure. So will the disbelievers see Allah? Will the hypocrites who will be amongst the ranks of the believers will they see Allah as well? will they receive pleasure? So, so how do we answer this question and how do you, how do we understand the various texts? So these are the questions will it, will it be only the believers who see Allah? will it be the believers and the hypocrites or is it not all? Is it all of the people? So basically there are numerous views regarding this and it's not a view it's not an issue in which we should be you know, severe against someone else who has a different view because the views are quite loose and they, you know, they, they can be taken uh, on the basis of interpretations. And for that reason, the Shaykh says that Shaykh Islam ibn Taymiyyah, he said that the differing amongst the people of knowledge in this issue, which is to do with will the disbelievers see Allah or not, and will the hypocrite see Allah or not, it's not a differing in which we should be severe against each other if we hold different views. If you say, yes, I believe the disbelievers will see Allah, okay, no big deal. If you say, yes, I believe the hypocrites will see Allah as well, okay, no big deal. Because there is room for that interpretation within the texts, and you know it's not as severe as other, as, uh, as other issues. So, what are the views then? The views are, some people say, that the believers and the hypocrites will see Allah. Both of them will see Allah. And this is a view held by Ibn Khuzayma, as he mentions in Kitab At-Tawaheed. A second view is that everyone will see Allah. The believers, the hypocrites, and the disbelievers. And... The third view, which is the view of the majority of the people of the Sunnah, is that uh, the believers the believers will see Allah on the day of judgment, uh, on the on the al Qiyam when everyone is gathered, the believers will will, will, will will see will see Allah. Right? So this is the this is the, the basic view of Al-Sunnah. Then the the second and third view Second view of those who says, well, actually, it will be the believers and the hypocrites. And then the third view, they add the disbelievers as well. Believers, hypocrites, and disbelievers as well. So, now, as I said, there are there's, there's ways of arguing uh, about this. So, one of the ways that you can argue is that you say, uh, in the verse in Surah Al Mutaffifin, "Kalla <laughs> innahum idhin that 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 on that day they will be veiled from their Lord. And they argue, they say, well, it means that initially they will not be veiled and then they will be veiled. So this means initially they will see Him. Right, this is one way of interpreting that verse in order to come at that particular view. Um, So now how do we answer this question? How do we resolve this difference? How do we resolve this difference, you know, between these three sayings? Believers only... Believers and hypocrites Believers, hypocrites and disbelievers The way to answer this And it's a good answer And we'll finish with this inshallah Because it's time for salah uh, We'll finish with this point uh, The way to answer this Is That Seeing Allah Is of two categories Seeing Allah Is of two categories The first type of seeing is a seeing which is whereby it is a seeing of pleasure. It is a seeing of bliss. It is a seeing whereby you are honored to see Allah. And it is happiness. This type of seeing is the seeing that the believers will experience. Right? So when they see Allah on yawmul qiyamah, and likewise... So the first type of seeing is the seeing of pleasure, of happiness, and this is the seeing that the believers will experience on Yawmul Qiyamah, and it is something that will give them serenity and calmness. This is on Yawmul Qiyamah. So the believers will be calm and serene, they will not have any fear and terror and awe. This is the first type of seeing the second type of seeing is the seeing in which there will be when basically you are held to account when there is hisab and and so therefore you will you know you you will be acquainted with your deeds you will be held to account for your deeds and this is when you will also see your lord you will also see your lord so this type of seeing, the second type of seeing, is the seeing that the scholars said that this is what the hypocrites will experience. Right? They will experience. Then they mention this on the basis of a hadith, a long hadith, that indeed that Allah He will come on, uh, He will come uh, to the to the to the to the, to, to the nation of believers, and amongst them there will be hypocrites. But He will come in a way that they will not recognize. And He will order them to prostrate and they will not be able to prostrate. Uh, sorry, He will order them to prostrate and they will not prostrate. They will say, we are waiting for our Lord. And then Allah He will reveal, Yakshif uh, rabb and Saq, And so He will reveal, as as we see in, in, in the text, from the, 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 the shin, the Saq, and all the believers will then prostrate. And anyone who was Insincere, he was a hypocrite, his back will be made straight, and he will be unable to prostrate. And then so here it becomes clear that the believers and the hypocrites will you know will see will 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 see their Lord. The, The scholars they use this text as an evidence, right, for believers and the hypocrites. So so the answer to the question then is that The vision is of two types. A vision in which each person will be held to account. It is that of Hisab. And so everyone will experience that. (coughs) And then the vision which is unique for the believers. The believers who will see Allah and they will receive pleasure. And they will receive happiness by way of that. And so this is how they basically reconcile. And how they reconcile uh, the various uh, viewpoints And as for the disbelievers Then what is correct is that they will not see him They will not see him at, They will not see him at all uh, So these are the main issues Inshallah, ta'ala We can kind of close off Okay one more issue Inshallah, ta'ala Is the seeing of Allah Related only to men Or is it to the jinn as well Will the jinn also see Allah, or is it just the men? And the quick answer to this is that the seeing of Allah applies to everyone and everybody, to the men, to the women, to the jinn, to the you know jinn likewise men and women amongst the jinn. It is for everybody. And although there are some uh, opinions about this, that which is correct is that men and women, jinn and men, or uh, the types amongst them, all of them will see Allah Azza wa on Yomul qiyamah so we'll conclude and we'll finish with a beautiful statement from Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah. And this is a tremendous uh, statement from Ibn al-Qayyim speaking about this belief to Ru'ya. So he says in some beautiful, powerful words, "Had bab ashrafu kitab." This book is from the most tremendous, most noble chapters of this particular book, and. Um, the book this is the, the book that he's speaking about is called hadi al arwah ila biladi afrah this is a book that basically is you know inciting and encouraging the believer to pursue paradise and he's speaking about this topic so within this book he has this chapter that deals with seeing allah he says it is the most noble of the chapters of the book and the loftiest of them in in, in, you know, a level and the greatest of them, and it is something which gives pleasure to the eyes of the people of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah. It is also the one which is the most severe against the people of Bid'ah and Dhalala, meaning those people who deny that Allah will be seen. This topic, when we speak of it it, is most severe upon them, but it is most pleasurable for us because we affirm it. He says, It is Wahiya al Ghaya. It is the ultimate goal that those people, you know, the the determined people, the people who roll up their sleeves, that they seek. Because this is the ultimate goal that every believer seeks. It is that in which the people who compete, they compete with each other. It is that in which people who race, they race with each other. It is that in which people work. And when the people of paradise, they Achieve this meaning when they see Allah, they will forget every other pleasure they are already in. Meaning, not the pleasure of this world, the pleasure of paradise. Right? You will forget every other pleasure when you receive the pleasure of seeing Allah. And those people who will be veiled from it, for you know, meaning the people of Hellfire, they will be veiled from seeing Allah then this will be even more severe upon them from the actual punishment of the hellfire. Right? So even though they are being punished and they are having that pain, to not see Allah, to never see Allah, this will be an even more severe pain upon them than the actual pain of actually being in hellfire. And vice versa for the people of paradise. That all the bliss and pleasures that you have in paradise... You will forget them when you actually see Allah Azzawajal. That will be the the, the, the you know Ziyadah the, the and Waladayna mazid. This will be the additional thing that Allah gives. You will forget everything else. So he says, <coughs> this is something agreed upon by all of the Prophets and Messengers, all of the Sahaba and the Tabi'un, all of the Imams of Islam, in every generation. The only people who rejected it, are the people of innovation, the Jahmiya, the bewildered Jahmiya, and those who deny Allah's attributes and the batiniyyah, these are like astray groups, astray sects. And likewise the Rafida, right? Uh, the, the ones who uh, hold on to the, the, the ropes of shaitan, and likewise the ones who revile the companions of Allah's messenger, and the ones who wage war against the sunnah and its people, and the ally with all of the enemies of Allah, and His Messenger. All of these people, all of the different groups, they will be veiled from their Lord. They will not see their Lord. And they will be repelled from Him, because they are groups of misguidance, and they have enmity towards the Messenger and His followers, and to the end of what He said. Right. So this is a beautiful way that Ibn al-Qayyim has presented this belief, and the greatness of this belief. To see Allah is the greatest objective of the believer and it is the greatest pleasure even more so than paradise itself so with that we will conclude our lesson there today walhamdulillahirabbil alamin wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in